You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. John chapter 15 and verse number 9. The Bible says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse number 11. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And let's pray. Lord, we pray you bless us now and speak to our hearts as we look at your word. I pray that it would be uh, practical. I pray that it would be very clear. I pray that we would not miss what you have for us. I pray that you'd eliminate distractions. And I pray that our minds would be focused on the Word of God. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts. As I do my best to, uh, to speak to ears, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to the hearts of every person here. Give us what we need. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the blessing that they have been to me and to my wife and my family these six years. I thank you for the blessing they've been to this community for 30 years plus. I thank you for the privilege we have to serve you in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and Lord, your blessings that we could not even begin to count. We could not even begin to number. And Lord, I pray that you would be honored and glorified tonight in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In Luke chapter 6, the Bible tells us that the disciples continued all night in prayer. John chapter 8, the Bible says that we are to continue in His Word, in the Bible. Acts chapter 1, they were in one accord in prayer. Acts chapter 2, they continued in one accord in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. It says in Acts 13 that we are to continue in the grace of God. Acts 14, we're to continue in the faith. Romans 11, we are to continue in the goodness of God. Colossians 1, we are to continue in the faith. Colossians 4, continue in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 4, continue in doctrine. 1 Timothy 5, continue in supplications and prayers. 2 Timothy 3, 14, Paul told Timothy, he said, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Paul said, hey, you continue in what you've learned because you know what you learned was absolutely true. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 1, continue in brotherly love. We see in John 15, verse number 9, Jesus said to his disciples, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, and then Jesus commands his disciples, he says, I want you, I command you, I admonish you to continue in my love. I'd like to preach this evening for a few moments on that very simple subject, that simple phrase, continue in his love. 
I see number one in this passage. I see the example of love. Would you notice verse number nine? Jesus said, as the Father hath loved me. Jesus said, my Father loved me. And then Jesus said to his disciples, and I have loved you. He said, I want you now to continue in my love. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't give us something to do without giving us an example to follow? Isn't it wonderful if you're at work and you've got a good example to learn from? Isn't it wonderful in the home if you've got a good example, a mother or a father? And maybe you say, I didn't have a good example. You had maybe a grandmother or a grandfather or you picked somebody else. You said, I want to follow that example. I want to be like that person. I want to love God like that person. I want to be faithful. I want to, I want to pray. I want to walk with God like that person. I want to follow their example and follow in their shoes. The Bible tells us in verse number 12, Jesus said, this is my, uh, my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. We have been given the perfect example for love, the example of God, the example of Jesus Christ, the pattern for us to follow. Hold your place in John 15 and go with me, please, to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, we are to continue in love. And number one, we see the example of love. The example is given to us by God himself. He has showed us how we're supposed to love. 1 John 4, verse number 19, the Bible says we love him because he what? First loved us. Aren't you thankful for his example in loving us. Notice with me 1 John chapter 3. Go back a page. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1. Behold, the Bible says, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. We have been given an example. Jesus said, I want you to continue. I've showed you. My Father has showed you. I want you to follow that example and continue in my love. Now, I'll tell you, it's easy sometimes maybe to get discouraged on a project. Maybe it's easy to get discouraged if you're, you're in the middle of something that to you is confusing or doesn't make sense or you don't see the point to it. Uh, a lot of husbands uh, uh, fall into that category when they're going down that long, long, long list. You know which list I'm talking about. The honeydew list. And it's long, and that's just the first page. And then you turn over and you see, wow, it's front and back. And it's single-spaced, and it's small font. And boy, there's a lot of things on that list. And maybe there's some projects you enjoy more than others, or maybe there are some projects you think, I've got to look up a YouTube video on how to do that one. Or better yet, I need to just get all the tools out and I just need to go after it. And then if I can't figure it out, you know, I'll call the expert. But I'm going to do my best to try even though I don't know how to do it. But there's some, some projects that you say, I can do that. I've seen that done. I know how to do that. And friend, I want to tell you, we have no excuse for not continuing 
in love because we have the greatest example that's ever been given. The example of God the Father who loved so much that he gave his only begotten son. We have the example of Jesus Christ, the son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. That leads me to number two. Not only the example of love, but the expression of love. You hold your place there in 1 John. We're coming back, but back in John 15, verse number 13, the Bible says, greater love hath no man than this. You're not going to improve on this love. You're not going to find greater. You're not going to find better. You're not going to find deeper love than this. Greater love hath uh, no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Can I tell you who laid down his life? Jesus. And he didn't just lay down his life for his friends. The Bible says that we were enemies of God. We were, we were away from God. We are the ones who put Jesus on that cross, but yet Jesus, hanging on that cross, said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What an expression of love. God so loved that he gave. Notice back in 1 John chapter 4, verse number 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the substitute, for our sins. Jesus on that cross did not deserve to be there. Pilate had Jesus before him in the trial and Pilate said to those around, he said, he said there's, there's no fault. There's nothing I can find in this man. He's not worthy to die. And that's because Jesus wasn't dying for his sins. He was dying for your sins. He was dying for my sins. He was the substitute. It should have been you and it should have been me. That's the expression of love. Notice 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. We often quote John 3, 16, but notice 1 John 3, 16. The Bible says, Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Number one, the example. Number two, the expression. Number three, the expectation. Would you go back with me to John 15? John 15, verse number 10. Jesus said to his disciples, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. The expectation Jesus gave, he said, If you love me, chapter 14, verse number 15, if ye love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. You see, I don't believe in that. I just believe that God loves us and I believe we can do whatever we want to do. We're saved by grace. We can live however we want. We have, we have liberty in Christ and we don't have to follow a bunch of rules. We don't have to uh, do a bunch of, uh, follow a bunch of do's and a bunch of don'ts. You're right, you don't have to. You get to, and I get to, and here's why, because we love him. And if we love him, the Bible says, we're going to keep his commandments. You see, for a person who's been born again, 
for a person who's been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed because he loved you, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not a chore. It's not, uh, it's not drudgery. It's not torture to say, I want to live my life according to the word of God. I want to live my life holy and clean, and I want to be right with God. Notice with me 1 John chapter 5. I told you we'd be going back and forth a lot. 1 John 5. I hope you got a marker there. 1 John 5, verse number 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. That word grievous, it means burdensome. It's not a burden to keep his commandments. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. Because how could we ever express our love to God after all he's done for us? There's not a lot of ways we can. We can't, we can't pay him back for what he did on the cross. We can't write a check to cover the cost of the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, it, there, it's not, we're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold but we're redeemed by the priceless, precious, powerful blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not grievous, it's not hard, it's not difficult if you love somebody to do what they want you to do. You say, oh, you don't know my spouse. Oh, boy, my spouse, he or, or, or she, oh, they are always nagging me and they are always, well, hey, listen, hang on, time out. When you love somebody, you're looking for, how can I please that person? What can I do to make their life better? Not, what can I do to make their life miserable? Not, what can I do to push their buttons? What can I do today to irritate my wife? Oh, let me see, I got a few. I haven't used these in a while. I think, I'll, no, we love someone. And because we love someone, we want to do those things that please them. Our love for God, the expectation, Jesus said, that you keep my commandments. But notice back in John 15, verse 12, here's another expectation. You see, with a love for God, there's some expectations that we should uh, meet up. Verse number 12, Jesus said, this is my commandment, not a suggestion. It's not an idea. It's not just a, a, a something that if you feel like it, this is my commandment, verse 12 says, that ye love one another as I have loved you. you. Say, but pastor, there are people in this church that I'll say hi to, I'll shake their hand, I'll smile at them, but I don't love them because you don't even know what they did to me. It's fair. I don't know what they did to you. But I'll tell you why we're commanded to love one another. Not because they're lovable. Not because they're nice to you. Not because they're kind to you and they do things for you. We're commanded to love one another because God first loved us when we were unlovable. And God loved us in spite of our sin. And God loved us in spite of our shortcomings. And we are to love one another. Verse number 17, these things I command you that ye love one another. 1 John 4, 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. 
You say, how do I know if I love God? Well, one, are you keeping his commandments? Number two, do you love one another? Thirdly, we see in John 15 that if we abide in his love, the Bible tells us we're going to bring forth fruit. It says in verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, verse 5. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. You know what happens when you love Jesus and you walk with Jesus and you, you, you have a, a sweet fellowship with him? Oh, you're going to love this. You get stuff done, not because of you, but because of him, because of who you're with. You'll bring forth fruit. You'll, you'll see people saved. You'll see people uh, that'll be drawn closer to God. You'll see people encouraged. You will see people helped, not because of you and not because of me and not because of Victory Baptist Church, but because of the one we love, Jesus Christ, who with him, we can do all things. The expectation of love. Number four, the expectation is there's going to be joy. Notice verse number 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. If your joy depends upon what somebody else does for you or says to you or, 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 or does in relation to how it affects you, if your joy is based upon what others do, you won't always have joy. But if your joy is based upon the fact that Jesus loves you and you love him, you're going to be a happy camper every day. Monday's going to be a good day for you. Say, I hate Mondays. Hey, Jesus still loves you on Monday. Uh, Jesus still loves you even at work. Jesus loves you even when the schedule's tough. Jesus loves you even when the things aren't going like you think they should. Your joy will be full when you're living and abiding and continuing in the love of Christ. Number four, quickly, the endurance of love. The endurance of love, verse nine, this is our text verse, continue. That word continue means to abide, to dwell, to stay, to, to not be removed from the love of God. Continue in my love. Verse 10, abide in me, even as I, Jesus said of his father, I abide in his love. You see, anybody can love in the good times. Take, for example, a marriage. In the honeymoon and the honeymoon stage, anybody can get along. Anybody can love. But it's not just the good times that you commit to. It's the bad times. It's not just the for better, but it's the for worse. It's not just the health, but it's the sickness. One of the things that challenged me so much, Miss uh, Patsy, we were talking on the phone the other day about Miss Allie Faye, and I made the comment to the family on Wednesday, but when I went to Duke several years ago to see Billy when he was going through those trial uh, treatments for the leukemia, you know who was there all the time? Allie Faye. When I went to Chapel Hill to see Miss Allie Faye when she was dealing with the stomach cancer and the surgery and all that, you want to know who was there every time? Billy. You know what happened there? 
They were no longer in the honeymoon stage. We're talking 50 plus years that they'd been married, but they endured and they continued in their commitments in the good times and in the bad and in the health and in the sickness. And they endured, they continued. And that's what God wants us to do. Jesus said, continue ye in my love. When I was in high school, well, we, I went to uh, Berean Baptist in Rockford, Illinois. And my family moved. Uh, I had six weeks left of my junior year. And that's when we actually moved. My dad had already been voted in as the pastor. But we were going back and forth on, on Sundays, our family was. And my dad was going down on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, trying to pastor the church. And we're trying to finish up school. We're trying to get the house sold and all that stuff. And well, I say we. I was only 16. I wasn't doing much of that. But my mom and dad were trying to do that. But we moved to uh, Geneseo, and I attended a Christian school about 30 minutes away, East Moline Christian School. And uh, that was an amazing place. It's the, I was at that place that I first had the privilege to meet Brother Dan Bybee. Oh, I got some stories from that first meeting. I was, um, I guess I'd have been 17. He was 15. You say, what was he like? Oh, that takes a lot more than we have now, more time than, than, than we have now to tell. But we had, a, I played basketball my senior year, and I loved basketball, always had, loved basketball. And we had a coach that year, and this was a brand new coach for me. He was a, a, an experienced coach, but for me, he was new. And we went to practice, and the practices were late. The, the school did not have a gym. They'd have to travel. We'd have to travel to another gym, and it was late. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it was long. We got there for basketball practice, and this coach, he had a drill that we thought was the torture drill. It's not what he called it, but that's what we interpreted it as. He called it the continuation drill. And what he would do is he'd say, all right, get a ball and get a partner. And he said, I want you to start running. And you're, you're running along with a partner and you're passing it back and forth. You're bounce passing it back and forth. And you're just, you're just going around the gym. You say, how long? It seemed like hours. I know this, there were times where I didn't know where the coach was. I think he was probably, you know, having a snack break or smoke break. No, not smoke break, but I mean, he was doing something. But I'm telling you, I know there were times he forgot about us. I know there were times, but you know what? He was doing it because he was trying to get us ready for the hard times. He was trying to get us ready for the fourth quarter. He was trying to get us ready for the basketball tournaments. He was trying to get us ready for the end of the season, the overtime. He was trying to get us ready for that. But what he was doing with that is it was just a, it was a drill to test our endurance and to strengthen our endurance and to prepare us for the difficulties ahead. Can I tell you, there were some guys who uh, didn't last very long. There were some guys that said, uh, oh, we didn't know this is what basketball was. Uh, we're out of here. We'll see you later. Um, they had, uh, remember, there was some uh, uh, um, garbage cans we'd have over there, and every once in a while, somebody gets sick from running so much and not in shape and all that. But you know, you know why we did that? I shouldn't say why we. You know why I did that? Because I love basketball. And that's what you had to do to be on the team. And I say, hey, if, if we got to run around this gym a thousand times, if that's what it takes to be on the team, I love basketball. I'm not quitting basketball just because it gets tough. Can I tell you, Victory Baptist Church, if we love Jesus, we're not going to quit just because it gets tough. 
we're going to buckle down and say, hey, nobody ever said it was going to be easy, but Jesus promised it'd be worth it. And nobody ever said there wouldn't be problems, but Jesus did promise that he'd be with us and he'd be faithful. And Jesus told his disciples, knowing that the hard times would come, in John 15, Jesus said, continue ye in my love. There was a man many years ago who was a comedian. His name was Jack Benny. Jack Benny was from Waukegan, Illinois. As a young man, he was working in the same studio as a young lady that he wanted to date. He thought she was beautiful, but he was too shy and too embarrassed to ask her out on a date. He couldn't get up the courage or the nerve, so he started every day sending a single red rose to her desk with no note attached to the rose. Every day. Every day she received the red rose. Finally, one day she asked the delivery man, she said, can you please tell me who is sending me these roses? He said, uh, some guy named Jack who works in the studio with you and so obviously she found out who it was. Finally, they began talking and Jack asked her out for a date. She thought that after they started dating, the roses would stop, but they didn't. They kept coming, a single rose every day. They were engaged and she thought the roses would stop, but they didn't stop. They even kept coming after they were married. Every day, a single rose would show up for Mrs. Benny. After five years, after 10 years, after decades of marriage, a single red rose continued to show up every day. Mr. Benny died. The day after the funeral, a single rose showed up for Mrs. Benny. After several days, she went to the florist and said, I don't know if you realize this or not, but my husband passed away. I know it's kind of you to do this, but you don't have to continue sending me a rose. The florist responded, Mrs. Benny, you don't understand. Jack made provisions years ago to provide you a single red rose every day for the rest of your life. Wow. Can I tell you who has made provision so that you and I, every day, can know that we are loved? His name is Jesus. He died on a cross, and every day when you wake up, He still loves you, and He sends you reminders. The Bible tells us in Lamentations 3 that every day it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Every day when you wake up and you have breath and every day that you have life, that's a gift from God. That's all because of the love of God for you. It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And my challenge tonight, as He has loved us, let's love Him. And as He has loved us, Let's love one another. And because He loves us, let's keep His commandments. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. 
For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.